In the morning, my brothers and sisters in Christ, you're listening to the St. Mark and Bemidji's podcast, a program that invites you to stop and take a second look at God's Word four times a week. Today, we finish up our study of what the liturgy is and what it means. Liturgy is a fancy word for the way we conduct ourselves in a divine service, but there's so much more to it than fancy words. Every bit of traditional Lutheran liturgy is literally packed with ways that God wants to serve us. Yes, I said that right. God serves us. And how do we respond? With gratitude, for what God has done for us is inconceivably merciful, good, and loving. Sunday, we'll have our sermon as usual, and then next week we'll have a best-of replay, as I'm away next week volunteering at Camp Croy, a Christian youth camp. But don't run away too quickly and look for another podcast. We'll be back with new content in two weeks, and you won't want to miss this. The next series is on evangelism in a way that you've probably never thought about it before. That is, unless you've talked to me in person. So, we're about to get rolling, and I won't keep you from today's content anymore. If you're intrigued by today's topic, be sure to take a look at our past couple weeks' episodes for more. O give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good, and His mercy endureth forever. His mercy endureth forever is a praise of God throughout the Old Testament. There is a huge connection between this thanksgiving and the presence of God for the forgiveness of sins. We see this in 1 Chronicles 16, verse 34 and 41, when the Ark of the Covenant, the seed of God's presence, is brought into the tabernacle. We see it again in 2 Chronicles 2 through 6, the building of the temple. During the dedication of the temple, in chapter 5, verse 13, the people sing this phrase, And it is then that the cloud fills the temple, indicating God's presence. In chapter 7, verse 3 and 6, this is the praise of the people as fire from heaven consumes the dedicatory sacrifices and the glory of the Lord fills the temple once again. In Ezra, chapter 3, verse 11, the people sing to the Lord, For He is good, for His mercy endures forever toward Israel. Why? because the foundation for the temple has just been laid, and the people rejoice that the Lord's house is being constructed once more. Several psalms contain the post-communion thanksgiving in its entirety. Psalm 118 begins and ends the same way, and repeats, His mercy endures forever. In verses 2, 3, and 4. As with the Sanctus, this psalm is messianic. The eternal mercy of God is in Christ. In Jeremiah 33, verse 11, the Lord declares that His oppressed people will declare, Praise the Lord of hosts, for the Lord is good, for His mercy endures forever. Why? Not just because we finished church supper, but because God will restore His people and forgive their sins. How? By keeping His promise and sending a branch of righteousness. He shall execute judgment and righteousness in the earth. In those days, Judah will be saved, and Jerusalem will dwell in safety. This is the name by which she shall be called the Lord our righteousness. Chapter 33, verse 15 through 16. Time and time again, the mercy of God that endures forever is connected to God's presence with His people, and specifically with the incarnate Christ. Having just received the body and blood of our Lord for the forgiveness of sins, it is most appropriate 
that we make the same confession. His mercy endures forever. After all, the Lord still grants mercy through the Lord's Supper, as He has promised He will do until the end of time. As often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death until He comes. This versicle and response is directly from 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 26. St. Paul writes these words just after he has recorded the words of institution. This, too, is a profound text that has far more meaning than first appears. Indeed, some take this text to mean that the Lord's Supper is merely a remembrance of Jesus' death, that it is simply a symbol and not a sacrament. However, remember that God's Word is living and active. When the Lord's death is proclaimed, the gospel is proclaimed, and by the gospel, sins are forgiven. Therefore, Paul is proclaiming that God forgives sins by the sacrament of Holy Communion. It is a means of grace. Paul's very next words, then, warn of judgment for those who commune unworthily, specifically warning against a failure to examine oneself or to discern the Lord's body. It is reasonable and scriptural to maintain that it is harmful for the impenitent sinner if he comes into the presence of God. As St. Paul declares in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, this is true regarding Christ's presence in Holy Communion. The Post-Communion Collect, or Thanksgiving The Post-Communion Collect serves as a thankful response for the gift of forgiveness granted in the sacrament. Having received the forgiveness of sins, the Christian thanks the Lord and prays that he might not fall into unbelief and sin, and away from the faith that the Lord has bestowed upon him. The first of these two options in the Lutheran hymnal is the response of faith to the grace of God. Now that the people of God have been forgiven, they have been set free from sin to live in faith toward thee and in fervent love toward one another. The second thanks for the forgiveness granted in the sacrament then prays that the Lord might continue to preserve his children, as he has so promised, and that his children might continue to serve him by his grace. And a third, now included quite rightly, focuses on the unity of heaven and earth, the unity of God through Christ with people, which is heaven. The Dismissal The Dismissal is composed of the Salutation, the Benedicamus, and the Benediction. The Salutation The Lord be with you, and with thy spirit. The Salutation is repeated for the third time in the service, the exchange that declares the presence of God in the service of the Word and in the service of the sacrament is used once again, joyfully declaring that the Lord is present with His people. The Benedicamus Bless we the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Benedicamus is not from any certain scripture verse, but rather a summary of our thankful response for all the goodness of God. Many times in the Psalms, Blessing the Lord is connected to many of the themes of divine service and the liturgy. To bless is to speak well of, and so we speak well of the Lord by proclaiming His mighty works, especially His gospel, to all who will hear. The Christian is simply compelled to do so out of thankfulness for redemption. The Benediction The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make His face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. Amen, amen, amen. 
The benediction is taken directly from Numbers chapter 6, verse 24 through 26, given by God as the way that the priests were to bless the children of Israel. By these words, the priests put the name of God on the people for their blessing. 6.27 For they were his people. As members of the new Israel, God's holy people saved on account of Christ, we receive this blessing at the end of the service. Note the threefold structure of the benediction. As we begin in the name of the triune God in the invocation, so we go forth with his blessing. He blesses us with his word, and by that word grants us faith and keeps us in the faith. He makes his face shine upon us, present with us for our good, for the sake of Jesus. In fact, the shining of God's face upon his people is an Old Testament phrase of his presence and always for their good. He lifts his countenance upon us. Presence language again, for the only way we can be before the presence of God is in Christ, and Christ is in us through his body and blood in the sacrament. And his peace is granted us, freely given us, and by giving us forgiveness for the sake of Jesus. I remember growing up, many people in our church would leave the divine service well before the benediction. Some left the communion and kept right on walking out the door. They thought the service was too long? How sad. But what they were actually doing was walking away from the God who was doing such marvelous things. Walking away from His blessing and promise. All because of the clock. Mom said she thought they must have something more important to do. I guess they did. The people of God respond to the gracious benediction of God with a threefold Amen. Trinity, God, Word and Sacrament, Forgiveness, Life, Salvation. Yea, yea, it shall be so. It shall be so. Thank you for joining us for this devotional series, my friends. I'll talk to you next time. We hope that today's meditation on God's Word has enriched you. Divine services are held right here in Bemidji, Minnesota at 8 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Sunday school and adult Bible study is also offered between our Sunday services at 9.15 a.m. Our church services are live-streamed at 8 a.m. on Sunday mornings and are available afterwards on our channel, St. Mark Lutheran Church Bemidji. If you're listening or watching this podcast, you are cordially invited to join us in person next week and every week. This is our fourth year producing this podcast, and there is a large archive of devotional material online available if you want to learn more about God and His Word. Visit www.stmarkbemidji.org or look in the show notes in this podcast for a link to this and many other meditations on God. You can also search for St. Mark Bemidji on YouTube to find our channel. If you have any questions or you would like more information about our church and its ministry, please visit our website, which is once again, www.stmarkbemidji.org All scripture readings are taken from the Holy Bible, New International Version, copyright 2011, and are used by permission from Zondervan. Meditation's daily devotional is published by Northwestern Publishing House and is also used by permission. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider subscribing and telling a friend. May God bless the rest of your day.
salvation free lasting to eternity